0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football presented by John Donovan and the Longhorn Wealth Management Group. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of on three and inside Texas. And guys, it wasn't pretty, <laughs> but a win is a win. Longhorns win 33 to 30 in overtime over Kansas State, still number seven in the poll, and they control their own destiny.
1: Hey! Hey! Look! Look! Eight! Look at the, Think about it this way: eight and one, seven in the country, six in the college football playoff. Headed to TCU, everything on the line. Control your own destiny. It's a basketball season opener tonight, man. This is an awesome, awesome time. Uh, TJ Ford's son plays for Incarnate Word. His first college game tonight. This will be as nervous as TJ's ever been on a basketball court, guys. Counting a <laughs> Final Four. Uh, but uh, look, Texas eight and one. It's been a long time. Um, going to TCU, who's lost four or five, and is the maybe the only team worse than Texas in the red zone on, uh, in America. We're um, on the schedule for sure. And look, I mean, it, it's going to be TCU Super Bowl. They've lost four or five games, Bobby. And then we have Sark at eleven thirty this morning to talk all about quarterback. Uh, and guys, on the comments, let us know where you're checking in from. I love it; it makes my day. Uh, I've got to. I've got to say this, Blake.
2: You said it wasn't pretty. I think it was fine. <laughs> That's what I think. That's what I think. I got to be honest. I mean, uh, getting out of there with the win, um, after everything that went on, I mean, they, they, they had a 17, nothing lead. It could have been 24 after all of that. Uh, and then the, the, not only the two interceptions, which here, here's the, the piece that got me a little bit. Those two interceptions Malik's a young quarterback. You kind of expect it when, uh, When Jonathan Brooks fumbled, I said, oh, no. That's the one that wasn't supposed to happen, if that makes sense. And they took immediate advantage of that uh, at Kansas State. But then Texas fought back. Um, I, I, You know, look, uh, Ian Boyd at Inside Texas wrote an article uh, right after the game that that I agree with in large part. Um, Right now, uh, Texas, uh, Malik Murphy started off really hot, like 9 of 12, and then he was eight of 25 the rest of the way. And Texas still won the football game. That, that just doesn't happen. Uh, the defense, I mean, I think back, I mean, I, I went back and I've rewatched the game twice now, by the way. I, I rewatched it again late last night to check on some things on defense. And Jerry, the, the goal line stands, both of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, not just the. I mean, they 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 bowed up in over or in the at the end of the first half and didn't let K State get another score before the end of the half. They they held them to three at the end of the first half or at the end of the second half. They held them to to a field goal attempt earlier and not in the end zone. Texas is red zone D, and then to to, to you know cap it off, the stop at the goal line to end the game and win it. It was very appropriate to me how Texas won that football game in the. Uh, Right now, Longhorn fans, man, uh, great game. uh, Good week ahead. uh, Should be very interesting uh, what Steve Sarkeesian says. You mentioned this, uh, Jerry, at the outset, 1130 press conference for Steve Sarkeesian. Very interesting, not only about the health of Quinn Ewers and what he might say about the quarterback position, but also let's talk about, I mean, we did not expect Ethan Burke to come back. Like he Don't did. Like that. No, and now you have Jalen Catalan possibly still coming back. Christian yeah. Jones was out. Getting healthier. Oh. Yes. Getting healthier earth. is actually a subtext, right? Yeah. a whole thing. Uh, so,
1: I, look, look, be you a know what? You know what was lost in that? Because just Malik Murphy's play um, for that stretch, the turnovers, just the way that game went, the block punt. You know what was lost? The, and I know we talk about it but I still think we need to give these guys more credit. Kansas State was number four in the country in rushing offense. Kansas State absolutely went into this game thinking we're going to run this thing 45, 50 times. We're going to control the clock and we're going to be in a fourth quarter game and we'll probably win it if we do that with our two-headed monster quarterback, one passer, one runner. We have two backs. We can run it outside. We can run it inside. Uh, Then we'll hit them on the quick game with the tight end. And you know what? Texas blew up their entire game plan. And and you know Kansas State was shell-shocked. You could tell they were shell-shocked that they had couldn't run the ball on first down, second down, third. Didn't matter the down. They could have nine downs and they weren't running on Texas. 29 rushing attempts for 33 yards, 11 rushing attempts on first down, 2.6 yards per attempt. Texas kicked their ass on the line of scrimmage. And they—they they, they they really did. After, they really did. And then they got after him at the edge. I, I'd heard late in the week, the Texas thought they could get after the K State tackles. Now, while they were returning players, they didn't think they had physical strength. And Texas could actually win with bull rushes. Um, Texas won at the interior. They won on the edge in this game. That was a total domination by the defensive line. Um, Jerry, you go back
2: to that final play, and I've rewound it and looked at it several different ways. There are a couple of nuances that I think people, if you get a chance to rewatch it yourself, I want everybody to look at. One is the pass rush from Byron Murphy. Uh, If it wasn't obvious obvious during the game or even upon a second rewatch or whenever you saw it, he comes across the center's face so fast, the center did not even know what had just happened to him. I mean, he literally was like, I mean, he he was just unbelievable. So that happened. Also, Ryan Watts, um, Will Howard in the postgame said, hey, look, I thought it was going to be man coverage. He thought it was going to be man coverage because Ryan Watts sat there and stared down his man like it was man coverage with about 20 seconds left still on the play clock and really didn't move his head the entire time, even when Ben Sinat motioned over to his side of the field. If I'm the quarterback, I think it's man coverage too, because that's what Texas t- typically runs in the red zone. But they yeah. went to, to zone, and it threw, you know, it, it threw Will Howard for a loop. Uh, so that's a great play call from uh, Pete kwikowski hat, hat tip to him. I also go back to that third down play, the pop pass. I mean, if you go back and watch that, the, the K-State, offensive guard that, that Tavondre Sweat whipped. I mean, literally whipped him. Okay. Go back and watch that play. The Kansas state offensive guard gets thrown down to the ground, literally to his knees top Tavondre Sweat throws him down and tips the pass. The K-State guard literally goes like this, like what just happened to me? Like he he was surprised another human being could do that to him. Um, and so uh, again a team win uh, even in the face of adversity and that's why the longhorns were sitting there rolling the the scroll right now on the 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 uh, Big 12 rankings that's why the longhorns are, are 5 and 1 in conference 8 and 1 overall uh defense came up big uh, offense made plays when they needed to hats off uh but to add mitchell I want to I want to say that he had a tremendous game made a couple of tremendous long catches uh and then he was uh, for better or worse, the go-to receiver on that final drive from Malik uh, Mur- uh, from Malik Murphy, and then J.T. Sanders making the fourth-down conversion. So uh, those guys, along with my, geez, I, I'm I'm rambling here, and I apologize, but obviously
1: I'm excited. Uh, Bert Auburn also, yeah, uh, four career-long for career-long field goal. Look, after they, here's the thing with Burt. We talked about this after the Kansas game. It's not everything's not always on a kicker, right? It's snap, it's hold, it's it's kick, right? And two things have to happen before the kick. They had some snap accuracy issues against Kansas. To the credit of the short snapper, they got that worked out. And since they got that worked out, Bert Auburn's he had the biggest kick of his career against Oklahoma. He just had a career long, I believe, uh, last week against Kansas State. I mean, it, credit to this special team staff. They got a pump block last week, but watch, they'll correct it. Um, but they got that snapping issue corrected. They got the timing and the accuracy uh, corrected because an inch makes all the difference in the world. And Look at the difference. Hey, I want, I want to add this on uh, Bert Auburn. We were talking about him last year, a year ago,
2: he was 22 of 26 on field goals. Terrific, yep. terrific first campaign for a, a young kicker. Okay. He also hit a, uh, I think a, a career high against Kansas state as well. Okay. So he was 22 of 26 last year going into Oklahoma it looked like he was absolutely off the rocker. I mean, he was—he was clearly not going to have the same level of play. He hasn't missed a kick in the last four games. Yeah. Okay. Somebody posted he, eight of eight since the Kansas game. Yeah. So he is now seventeen of twenty-one for the year. That dog will hurt. Yeah. So literally, he is actually on. If he just keeps kicking and not missing, which is what Texas definitely needs, this is a guy that's going to repeat a. I mean, a borderline great year a year ago into into what could be another great year. I mean, this is a I I say it, you know, because you don't really talk about the kicking game that much, Jerry. But to have him be, uh, you know, hit that forty-two yarder in overtime when when all the momentum was Kansas State, all of it. uh, That was just key. And then uh, the Longhorn come Longhorns come up with the stop. All right, uh, Blake, I want to ask you real quick, Bud. uh, You also went to the uh the Longhorn World Series or what what do they call that? The baseball? Yeah, Fall World Series. Fall, World Series. Fall yeah, Series. So tell folks about that a little bit because baseball is getting kick started right now as well.
0: Yeah. So Texas hosted their Fall World Series this weekend. Um it was three games. I believe it was Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday. They don't do anything on Saturday because of football, of course. Uh, but, you know, inner squad all the way, chance for the new guys. Right now, they're at 47 people on the roster. Got to be at 40 by the time spring rolls around. So, seven people are going to, unfortunately, get cut, you know, one way or another. or They're just going to join the regular student population, I guess you should say. Um, But with all the transfers coming in, and there's a couple of USD, Notre Dame, uh, two transfers there, pitchers. You know, I mean, they got to make some room. So that's what this weekend was really about, is seeing those new guys, seeing how everybody meshes well. But I did go to Sunday's game. I didn't get the chance to get the first two. Uh, but, man, lots of talent. The new guys look really, really good.
2: Hey, hey Blake, Blake, who are who – are, everybody knows LBJ's back and those guys, uh, Tanner Witt. Who are some of the new guys that – you made note of that Texas
0: fans are going to want to get to know this season. That, that yeah, yeah. And, um, actually, if you go to the uh, coffee and football thread over on Insights, that I posted a link in today's storylines, and uh, they do a good job of, of talking about the new pitchers that are going to be on there. But like you said, LBJ, of course, being one with uh, then that Notre Dame USC transfer, those are going to both be your starting four. You know, main pitchers that you're going to see the most. Uh, but Casey Cummings had a really big day yesterday. He had a grand slam. When they were, when his team was down four to nothing, he tied it up. And then he comes back later in the game, hits an RBI. And the, I think they called him the pinstripes is is the name of his team. Uh, They won five to four, but he was one. And then of course, Will Gasparino that everybody should be familiar with already. Um, He had a pretty big day yesterday. So I don't know, man, there's, there's a lot of talent. It's going to be interesting to see how it all, you know, the thing is they brought in so many transfers and so many new guys, like I said, seven are going to have to be cut. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, but they open in February against San Diego State, and honestly, Bobby and Jerry, I think this is going to be probably—I hate to say—the most talented team, but one of the most talented teams that David Pierce has ever had on the Forty Acres. So high expectations in your oh yeah, team. at least from from my corner anyway. I, definitely so. Got it. Well, that's interesting. it's interesting. Um... So. All right, guys. Well, we talked about Texas, but it's also Monday, which means we talk about the rest of the Big Twelve, and it was it was quite the week. Uh, and I know you put the score or the standings down on the ticker. I'm going to bring up the scoreboard for just a second here. Oh, let me make that a little bit better size. Uh, <laughs> but what did y'all see this weekend that kind of maybe caught you by surprise, or you know, whatever it may be?
1: I, I thought that Iowa State couldn't move the ball on Kansas because I'm looking at future opponents right now for Texas. Iowa State not being able to move the ball on Kansas is a good sign for Texas because everybody else has moved it on Kansas. Um, um, and that was a uh, that was a big win for Kansas, obviously, in the Big 12 race. They're getting Iowa State another loss. Not that I'm expecting Iowa State with their the way their season closes here, their last three games, to actually uh, have a place in the Big 12 championship. But they did give them another loss. Um, and then, obviously, uh, uh, the other one was Oklahoma State over Oklahoma. Gundy finishes 4-15 and 15 in the Bedlam. A series he was 3 and 15 going into that game and Oklahoma State now they have to lose two of their last three Bobby not to make the big 12 championship game and with that schedule it's at UCF and then I think at Houston and BYU I mean it's a incredibly favorable schedule not that they can't drop a game at UCF now that John Reese Plumley's back but it's a very they have to lose two to not make it yeah uh, I, I look I, I'm the games this
2: weekend were clear. I mean, Texas Kansas State was a was a essentially a uh, elimination game uh, for the Big Twelve Championship potentially. Oklahoma Oklahoma State was potentially a, a elimination game. Uh, Kansas Iowa State a potentially an elimination game for Iowa State. Uh, you know, all of that being said, I, I go back to uh, what happened at, at Bedlam uh, and that game, and uh, you know. Brent Venables has got some adversity again. He's dealing with it for the second uh, year in a row. Now he's down. He's lost two consecutive games. He should, theoretically, Jerry, get healthy this week uh, because he plays West Virginia. But you know what? West Virginia is four and two. They're not a bad football no. team. And they have a defensive front. Yes. So they might, uh, they might make OU one-dimensional. We'll see. Yeah. Um, My point being here is I I'm not I'm not sure what's going on quite yet uh, at Oklahoma, but that was not a that was not a good game from them. Uh, And obviously the Drake Stoops no call was uh, bad. Uh, And now, but this is the last thing I wanted to mention, Okay, is, is Baylor. Dave Aranda is not just in hot water. I mean, it's boiling. I mean he is 2 and 4. The five worst teams right now in the Big 12 are Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU and Houston. That's those are all the four newcomers by the way. Baylor's the other one. 2 and 4. Um that that program uh, is in disarray even with Blake Shapin back in in the saddle for them at quarterback. Uh, so I, I think that not only is Jimbo in trouble in College Station, not only is Brent Venables now lost two in a row, but uh, the guy in Waco, mm, uh, not so sure about that. Houston still looks like they're going to turn over their coach as well. So uh, we, we're getting ready to get into the coaching crazy season. Right, Jerry? Yeah. Uh, where we start to see a bunch of uh, names change. Uh, we're hearing that Lincoln Riley wants to go to the NFL. Jim Harbaugh may be forced to go to the NFL. Kind of a this. Take your take your lumps and go. Uh, a lot of a lot of big game, a lot of big uh, jobs could be open. But uh, the Baylor right now, man,
0: they are uh, they're hurting. Hey Jerry, real quick, because we've had a couple of questions on it. LSU Alabama, any recruiting implications from the outcome of that game?
1: Uh, not not really recruiting implications. I don't think Solomon Williams told Chad Simmons of on three. Um, that he'll he's going to make a decision at the end of the month, like that's kind of what we've been saying. He's not going to December 20th. The question there is who's really going to be who's really going to make the push in the last couple of weeks here? Will Texas? They already have two really good edge guys committed, and Colin Simmons, both of them are early enrollees, by the way. Um, so do they really make a push there? Ethan Burke, Sorrell back, Vosick redshirting. Uh, they got some uh, Billy Walton. I mean, it's that they're not lacking depth at that position with Colin Simmons, and uh, um, and that, uh, Zena coming in. So, will they make a strong push there? We'll see. I think Alabama will. Will Oregon? They just got Elijah rushing. Will Texas? I mean, will Texas A and situation knock them out? I don't know yet on that. But you would think that it's hurt them. Uh, but yeah, so nothing major coming out of that. I think the interesting thing will be with Florida guys. I, I really think that. Texas battling for Xavier, Phil same, the five-star safety He was at USC. Um, I don't know if he was there when the firing happened, but I, he probably had already boarded the plane. Uh, but he was at USC, but I was told again, late in the week, this kid's probably going to play his college football in the state of Florida or in Texas, meaning Texas the only chance team that really has a realistic chance right now to flip Phil same. But then there's Wardell Mack. I think Texas feels pretty decent about Wardell Mack. Now I think a lot of that is how much Florida is going to struggle down the stretch. Uh, and that and the way they're feeling about that. But I think the parents like the Texas idea with Wardell Mac. But we'll see. They like that the parents like Texas and then Wardell still committed to Florida. So we'll see what happens. I've said before, I think Wardell likes the idea of being in the state of Florida for college, whether he's in Gainesville or Tallahassee or whatnot. I just think he likes the idea of being in Florida. It doesn't mean he'll sign to the Florida school, but I do think that's been impactful. He's scheduled to be at the Florida state game against Miami this weekend, by the way. Which will be a crazy atmosphere at Dope Wall, at Dope Campbell. Interesting.
2: Longhorns. Longhorns need some recruiting uh, news and notes right now, Jerry. They need. I feel like they're, they're winning enough games. You get one more, the snowball yeah. really could go down the hill. Kobe Black obviously was at uh, uh, Oklahoma State over the weekend to watch his uh, his brother play, but uh, that would be a big one for the Longhorns as well. Hey, uh, Blake and Jerry, we need to say thank you and want to say thank you to our sponsor, John Donovan of the Longhorn Wealth Management Group. John's a proud UT grad and shares his Longhorn passion with his wife and six siblings, all of whom are also UT grads. John is a certified financial planner, has spent more than 30 years providing investment, insurance, retirement, and estate planning services and solutions to his clients. John has served 14 years as a Dallas, Texas Exit board member And it's his love for UT that inspired him to dedicate his firm to serving his fellow UT alums and employees. On Saturday, when Texas plays TCU, it'll be Veterans Day. That's 11-11. So Longhorn Wealth wants to encourage everyone to give thanks to all of the men and women who have served and sacrificed to protect all of our lives and liberties. Longhorn Wealth desires to serve all Longhorn needs and their loved ones by providing them with the best in life, disability, and long-term care insurance solutions so for a free 90 minute consultation to explore how longhorn wealth can serve you and your loved ones please give john donovan and his team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit him at longhornwealth.net john we appreciate your your, uh, sponsorship of coffee and football
3: all
0: right, guys, well, it's 830 here on Monday morning on Coffee and Football, and that means it's time to bring in our weekly guest, former Texas Longhorn linebacker Diamante Tucker Dorsey. Tuck, how's it going this morning?
3: It is going well. How you guys doing?
0: Doing good, buddy. what do you good, think of that good. game
3: on Saturday, man? I think it's a game we can learn from, and I think that, uh, uh, let me see, what, what? how do I say this? and losses, you kind of learn the most, but I think games that you can win and still learn from is great. So I think uh, we're going to learn a lot from this game uh, looking at the film going back because it was a um, – I, mean, I think we had a great first half, well, first quarter. Uh, second quarter kind of got a little bit rocky there, and then we made it a close game. So I think we learned, I think we learned a lot from this game um, overall we won. So that's great. Uh, but I think we learn a lot from this game.
1: Hey, hey, uh, we talk, we ask you every week about linebacker play, but I want to take this in a different direction. Okay. Defensive line. Tavondra yeah. Sweat, Byron Murphy. Uh, and I'm not leaving out Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton, uh, because those guys, Vernon's really come on this year. Sweat, and Murph man talk about those guys playing with those guys for a year did you see what has been what's coming with sweat this year I mean he's turned into a guy look he's gonna be a first round pick the question is how high in the first round is he gonna go I mean talk about about playing with those guys um and kind of what you saw from those guys last year because it really seems like they've taken their game to a totally another level this year and flat out dominated Kansas State Saturday
3: yeah, um, those two guys specifically, I think everybody already knew kind of what they could do in the locker room. Um, it was just a matter of taking that next step to get to there. Um, and then last year playing with some older guys, with a Keandre Coburn, Moro Mau- um it was kind of not necessarily a, a confusion on their role, but they wasn't the go-to guys in a sense. Um, so I think this year – being the guy, not having to worry about really playing time or you know where am I at in, in the rotation, uh, you know, just gave them an opportunity to kind of you know branch out and, and be more of themselves and take on more of that. Uh, you know, I'm the guy role, and I think that they're playing awesome, phenomenal football for us, and um, they're definitely gonna. I think both of them might be you know first round picks. Uh, but, yeah, no, they're playing, playing amazing, and I think that it was kind of foreshadowed last year. We knew what they could do, and this year, they kind of even exceeding the expectations a little bit. So, uh, really, really, really ha- happy for those guys.
1: Hey, talk about talk, – to follow that up, uh, talk about in your view from being on a roster, uh, being a really good player, right? Talk about uh, having to have patience as a player, because I think it's harder oof. now than ever. With the Portal era and the nil NIL era – Talk about how tough it is to actually have patience and be patient with your development. Because like a guy like a Sadir Mitchell, a freshman D tackle for Texas who's very talented, probably expected to play more. But if he stays the course, he can see what's gonna happen for him.
3: Um, so for me, <clears throat> it's a balanced thing and everybody's situation is different. Everybody's uh come come from a different place. Um, you know, like I said, everybody's situation is different. So for me, I didn't play to my what fourth year? I didn't start to my fourth year i was okay with that because i understood that you really only need one year uh, to put yourself in a position to go to the next level or you know make a transition to whatever it is you really only need one year but some guys are different some guys want early playing time and i think like you said this era now is different to where we have a little bit more flexibility we do have options so if i'm not getting my way or i'm not getting to what i want I have the opportunity to go ahead and and seek different opportunities and I think that's a beautiful thing that's been provided with us um, through the transfer portal. But I also think that uh, if you are patient and you go through a system and you you wait your turn and you grow with the university, um, it, it, it feels better in the end, you get a little bit more fulfillment, you have a better attachment to the school. Um, You get a lot more love that way, too. Like, the school really cherishes you and, and you know, celebrates you as a player. And I think that's important in the long run. Um, in the short term, though, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what your heart says you, you need to do. And um, I don't blame anybody for doing that, but me personally. I sat and I waited, and I'm a JMU legend, and I came to Texas. I'm not really a legend here, but, you know, I'm very well-respected, and, and people, you know, take care of me here, too. So it, it, it's, it's case by case but patience is definitely something.
1: By what? the way, your teams are 17 and 1 this year, somebody pointed out, man.
3: That's just how we do it, man. That's just how we do it, man.
1: Hey,
2: I've got something for you, Tucker. Uh, let, let's go back to the game on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Texas goes up 17 nothing. Has the ball at the 11, 12-yard line looking to go up 24 nothing. But they go into half 17 to 7. Yep. Kind of a down down downtrod. Type thing. Given the circumstances of the of the first half, the defense absolutely dominated. The offense hit some big plays. Then those fumbles happen, or the fumbles and the interception, our fumble and interceptions happen in the second half. Your, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, look, they were Texas was up by 20 points, and within three minutes or four minutes of play, the Longhorns were going to be down what what are you thinking at that point if you're on the sideline you almost expect Malik Murphy because he's a, a young player to make a mistake and throw the interception you don't expect the fumble from Jonathan Brooks what what are what are what are the thoughts going through y'all your head as you're watching that transpire and maybe what they're thinking about on the sideline
3: um prior to the the momentum switch <clears throat> it's a momentum based game you know it's a game of runs and you when you're in position you got to I used, we used to use the term "killer ant with a sledgehammer," and when you're in prime position, you got to do that to make sure that you snatch their confidence. We didn't do that, and then you saw stuff starting to happen. And I knew they was gonna score once they got the ball back after the fumble, because um, that's just how it works. Then we get the punt, uh, punt block. That's just how football works. If something bad like that happens nine times out of ten, momentum starts to kick in, no matter if you're home or away, wherever the situation may be. They're going to score. So now we got a match to score with a score. We come out. We don't do that. Turn it over again. Like, okay. Now we're spinning a little bit. Um, somebody has to be the voice of reason and say, you know, let's calm down. <laughs> we're fine. We're still up. You know, just look at the situation for what it is and not what it feels like because we're still winning. Um, still been dominating the whole game. They just made a couple of plays. Let's go ahead and regroup, tap back in. Um, that's why I say I think we can learn a lot from this game because that was a situation to where – like you just said, the swing was, you know, we'll be up by 24 versus going in the half only up by 10. Um, that's just something that we got to, you know, kind of be more consistent in when we're up and in position. We got to make sure that we stay in that position and dominate the game versus letting people play with us uh, when they really shouldn't be.
2: Let, let me ask you this. As a former linebacker, that last play uh, mm-hmm. with, that, that Texas, uh, Byron Murphy made a great play pass rush. Coverage on the back end, they went to a, a zone coverage instead of man. As a former linebacker in Pete Kwiatkowski's system, could you tell it was going to be zone coverage uh, before the play, or did they do a great? Did Texas do a great job of disguising that?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I think they did a good job disguising it, but also, I, I mean, in the red zone, you probably would be likely more to go man, especially in a situation like that. So, I think they did do a good job of disguising it. Uh, but when you get pressure up front, you really don't. The back end, they're gonna be fine. You know, so <laughs> they really covered us. You know, if he get out there that fast, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, especially they in the red take- zone because you need time. I mean, you really need time in the red zone
2: because of condensed space. Probably is that what exactly. you're
3: saying? Yeah, I got you.
2: Um, I, you know, Tuck, you're looking at a team that's eight and one. You you guys went eight and five a year ago. They've already matched uh, the number of. Uh, the number of uh, wins they they've got from a year ago. Uh, But they did it the last two games with a backup quarterback. Um, They, the team kind of rallied around them last year. Y'all rallied around Hudson card a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you've been in a similar situation. Uh, This, however, is an even younger quarterback than Hudson card, right? Um, What are you seeing right now in that regard from the team and how they're responding?
3: Um, I don't really see a drop-off as to how everybody is responding. I feel like everybody's energy is good. Everybody believes in Malik. And, I like, I think I said this prior to him actually getting to the game, like actually coming into the season. Like, we wanted to see him, you know, get some time this year. Obviously, we didn't want it to happen the way that it is. But, um, you know, the fact that it did happen the way that it is happening and he really has a role, um, I think it just makes everybody even much more excited about it and, you know, want to see him win and do good. And it's not just us, the players. I think the fans are embracing it. The nation is embracing it. Um, So I I think it's been a really good response. And he's playing well. You know, obviously doing young guy stuff. And, uh, you know, he's been in these situations. So he has to go through – he has to grow up and, uh, you know, learn from his mistakes as well. So I think it's been a really good experience these last two games. And uh, I know his confidence is growing. he got two wins under his belt. So he's feeling good about himself. And I think everybody else is feeling good about the situation as well. Obviously, we want to back as early as possible. But if not, we ride with Malik. So.
2: All, right. All right. Speaking with Diamante Tucker Dorsey, former Longhorn linebacker, now in private business with Keller Williams, a real estate agent. Right, Tuck, a couple other things I wanted to ask you about, I guess. Um, your thoughts on Jalen Ford's play uh, over the weekend and – the, what we're seeing now with the use of Maurice Blackwell from Texas, as well as David Benda, and particularly also Anthony Hill.
3: Um, I think Jalen is – I think his leadership is taking a step, and um, that's something that was a kind of a question mark on him uh, coming into the season. So I think that has really made the room better as a whole, which is why you're seeing other guys get opportunities and come in and play solid because uh, they know when they come in, most of the time, j four is probably the only one that doesn't come out. So – um, I think the chemistry is there with everybody else because they can trust to him if you know if they don't know what they're doing or they you know have a. Then he's probably going to he's out there making all the calls. He's making all the checks and he's making plays too. So it just gives them confidence in themselves to be able to do the same thing. Uh, Mo played a great game had a big play. Uh, what was that second third quarter? Uh, so I'm really uh, happy to see him getting out there because he was battling injuries during the uh, beginning of the season and I think uh, just. The whole room is playing well, and I think that's a, a testament to, to Coach Choate and the system that he um, you know, kind of coaches with. And I think he's seen a little bit of it last year, but this year everybody's rolling. Uh, so I, I'm excited for all of them, happy for all of those guys. But they're playing really well, and um, he's amazing, playing as well as, as this young. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. It's going to really serve him well in the long run because right now he's still young, he's still raw. Uh, so. It, I think most of the time he's just making plays off the street for just being talented. But once the game actually slows down for him and he can, uh, you know, kind of start detecting stuff, pre-snap and, you know, noticing certain things and getting little tails here and there, he's going to be amazing, um, you know, already more than he is. So really excited for those guys and happy for them. They're playing really well.
0: All right, Tuck, before we let you go, looking forward this weekend to TCU, what are some of the keys to the game that you think Texas needs to take care of to secure a victory?
3: Um, I think finishing drives is going to be the most important thing, man. Um, I think we should run the ball a little bit more, but I'm not the <laughs> offensive coordinator. Uh, but, yeah, finishing drives, and then defensively, we got to start creating some turnovers uh, to kind of swing that turnover battle in the, into, into our favor a little bit more. Um, I think if you do that, you give the offense, you know, momentum and confidence and give them opportunities to have short drives, short fields, um, you know, to help them finish drives. So, and then special teams-wise, clean that up a little bit, um, as far as the punt return go, I mean, uh, punt goes, I want to have that happen again, but I mean, I'm not worried about that. Coach Banks, the best in the country. Um, and I know they don't hear a mouthful about that today. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just, uh, you know, continue to be us, um, improve on, you know, the things that we need to improve on and, and just have a better, a more holistic game. Um, it will be good.
2: Tug, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Uh, We appreciate you, you and good luck the rest of the week here. We'll see you again next Monday. That's Diamante Tucker Dorsey uh, joining us. Uh, We appreciate his time each and every Monday on uh, Coffee and Football. Uh, Jerry and and Blake, we have a uh, special guest uh, coming up, it sounds like. Jerry, it sounds like T.J. Ford's going to join us here in a little bit as well. Uh, That should be fun. Uh, but before we do that, Jerry, I've got you. We had an advertiser renew. I mean, I think it has to be because of just how well you did their reads and promoted their products. So I'm going to
1: let you take it away, my man. There you go. One more. 5.0 Ultra, guys. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's a ball trimmer sent from space, fellas. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off. Plus free shipping with code ONTEXAS, all caps. High tech for low places, manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping with code ONTEXAS, all caps. Look, every man knows how scary it can get when going for a close shave below the belt. Kind of felt like that way Saturday, guys. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas and you will too. Your sensitive areas—is that what we're saying now? Is
2: that the—is that the terminology, guys? Y'all really think that's—that's that's what we're going to go for? Hey, uh, we've got a couple of things coming up here. Uh, Longhorns with the win over uh, over Kansas State, thirty-three to thirty. One of the more exciting games we've seen at D.K.R. in, in some time, in my opinion. Uh, but there's also some things going on at the Moody tonight. Yes. Uh, a young man here is joining us, uh, T.J. Ford, that a lot of Longhorn fans will know. From his time on the 40 acres, he is such a young man now that he has a son that's getting ready to play against uh, the University of Texas. So let's uh, let's add TJ to the group here. TJ, thanks for showing up, man, and having fun. It looks like you're driving a little something. Uh, What do you think about the Longhorns? Your son's going up against them. How does that even feel, man?
4: Well, you know, part of this ride today is really taking it all in. Right. Yeah. Uh, I really don't understand the magnitude, right, of just being with my son every day as growing up as a kid and really striving to try to be a Division One basketball player and play at the highest level. Um, and he was able to reach his goal. He was able to be, uh, you know, committed. And he was also uh, a strong kid dealing with, you know, adversity, no different than any other kid. And I, mean, I just look forward to, uh, you know, really just seeing him suit up, uh, run on the court, uh, you know. My first game was in Austin, Texas. So it's yeah. a blessing to have my son first game. Uh, not you know on a Longhorn roster, uh, but first game you know playing in Austin, playing against Texas is a. It's, 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 it's that's how I'm thinking about it. You know, my first game was against Arizona. and My son gets to test the court. His first college game ever uh, in Austin, which is incredible for me.
1: What TJ? What do you remember about your? Level of nervous. I don't know if you ever got nervous or if you'd say you did. I bet you had to have at some point. But what what would you remember from your first game day, man, that first game? And I remember I was at that Arizona game, and y'all were whipping them uh, for a while in that game. Sid Mill Harris was on fire. But what do you kind of remember from your first college game?
4: I mean, yes, Jerry, I, I got nervous as a basketball player. <laughs> I, I never uh, saw
1: it, though, guys. I saw TJ uh, on the court. <laughs>
4: Um, but I also know how to relax myself. I also know how to, you know, keep my composure and 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 know how to get the jitters jitters out. Um, it's plenty of times I was nervous, but once the ball is thrown up from the referee and it's tipped one way or another, then you know all 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 the jitters and all the things go out of the window. Now it's time to compete and, and play and and have fun or uh, you know enjoying the game, but. Um, for me of course, we played Arizona my first college game right and top top team in the country that people had uh, predicted to win a national championship or at least get to the final four uh, and you're going to get some big time studs so yeah being nervous not knowing what to expect you know being able to watch those big time schools on TV and actually be there uh, and they write in, right in your face is, is a different scenario but um, man I dominated my first game of college basketball yes, for me. Uh, I think my record still stands, 14 assists. I got hurt with 10 minutes left in the second half, if not, with a, with a bad ankle sprain. Tried to finish it, but I couldn't. But you're, if I you're didn't get a hurt, good obviously,
1: a I, I, good player, we TJ. win that game. <laughs>
2: you were a pretty good player. Hey, I have a question for you as it relates to uh, this year's team. Okay. Uh, the tip-off tonight against our incarnate word, uh, TJ Ford joining us uh, here on Coffee and Football. TJ, the – the idea that Rodney Terry takes over mid-year in a circumstance that nobody wants to see happen with Chris Beard, then leads that team with the help of some senior leadership, right? Timmy Allen, uh, uh, Sir Jabari Rice, uh, Brock, all of those guys, right? Then Rodney Terry ends up getting the job. A bunch of the assistants are guys that you know on that team, right? I mean, whether it's Chris Ogden or, Frank Haith or whoever. What is it? What is it? Do you feel like Texas made a good hire with Rodney Terry? And and what are you seeing right now in in your opinion on with Texas basketball and where it's headed?
3: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE.
0: Seeking the truth never gets
2: old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring twenties with new chapters added every week. The excitement never ends. Download June's journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through
3: Facebook games.
4: Well, let's just go to the end of your question uh, about Rodney Terry. I mean, obviously I think I was the first guy to publicly go out and state that he was doing an excellent job. Um, So I was a spokesman of of seconding that he did an excellent job. So when it comes down to a hire, um, I never get involved with the hires at the University of Texas, never been an influence of one way or other. Um, No matter who the coach is, um, it's, it's my job to continue to be that ambassador and continue to be a good supporting system for him. And I would do the same thing for Rodney Terry that I've done for, uh, all the coaches that have been at the University of Texas. You know, obviously we have a history together of being, uh, you know, in college when I was there. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I, I just want to be able to, you know, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, even if I didn't know him, what he did last season, and uh, being able to coach under the circumstances, he did an excellent job. And I think he got coach of the year to be able to showcase uh, what he was able to do. Um, obviously this is a whole new season it's a whole new beginning. Uh, he got a fresh start to be able uh, to keep his input.
2: Oh, we, we, we lost him there. Uh, but, hey, Jerry, what a great guy. Uh, Unbelievable. We'll, we'll bring him back if we get a chance, if he, he's able to come back on stage. But look, just look. a tremendous ambassador. I mean, to say that and and talk about it that way, in my opinion, about how he's he doesn't want to overly use undue influence despite his – uh, uh, situation and, and obviously who he was and is for for Longhorn basketballs.
4: Uh, very uh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, TJ, TJ's back here. Uh, yeah, I'm
4: back. Um, uh, so look, it's you know it's it's a new season, it's a new beginning. He got a fresh start with the guys that he has to you know, you know implement. Uh, right out the gate, uh, I look forward to you know I always look forward to opening night at, at the University of Texas. Uh Even though, uh, you know. Yeah. It's going to be mixed feelings. I'm not even going to be mixed feelings today, you know, obviously. um, But when it comes to Rodney Terry, I mean, look, uh, you know, I think he could coach. He showed that he could coach. Uh, I think he proved that he could coach. So I I don't want to. I didn't do that for any other coaches, me personally, of um, doubting them. Uh, That's not that's not that's not my particular way of how I handle things. Um, so I'm here to support and, and, and hope that our, our our coach can lead our team uh, to successful season.
1: Hey TJ, we got to get we got to get a football question in for you now because you and I talk ball all the time, football all the time. You were yes, on the sir. sidelines for the Bama game last year. You and KD and all, Miles Turner, I think, and all you guys were down there on the sidelines. You watched Texas play this year, man. What what are your thoughts on the football team? I mean, eight and one, ranked top ten in the country. You know. You know now it gets to that point where y'all had a chance to go to a Final Four. Every, all the goals you had were in front of y'all. Kind of talk about what you've seen from the Texas football team. And, look, they have a, that everything's in front of them that they wanted before the season right now.
4: You know, obviously I'm a huge huge football guy who's Texas Longhorn football uh, fan. It's not a game that I really miss. If I'm not there present, I'm definitely tuned in um on tv uh, to be able to see what coach shark was able to produce and be able to keep his composure and keep his staff um with the right mentality of, of what they believed in and you know all success takes some time um, and he was able to turn this thing around pretty pretty quick uh, And it's sports people gonna doubt you people gonna have their opinions but uh, he's able to have control of his locker room him and his staff and he put in a, in a, in a good position to, to you know a national championship, something that I feel like uh, we want to be able to play for every year, knowing how difficult it is. So um, big, big, big ups to the whole entire football program from top to bottom, from everybody involved, either trainers, keeping kids healthy, um, and also just the athletes that are touching the field, the ones that are not touching the field, being able to show up every day to practice and compete and give their coach they all. I think uh, they're representing the Texas way and, and the Texas spirit and Hopefully they continue to, you know, finish this season strong and give us that real chance to compete for that national championship. Uh, So a couple more games. You can't look past week to week. I think the coaching staff has been doing excellent of keeping these guys locked in and focused because you can't look at the, you know, the big picture is the ultimate goal at the beginning, but you can't skip any steps. So uh, I know they, they you know, got to keep the guys focused, got to keep them locked in. Uh, you know, and like anything else, you know, can't afford another mistake.
2: All right, TJ, we appreciate you, bud. You have a good time tonight. Enjoy your son, man. Uh, it's awesome. One, it's so cool. Yeah, once in a lifetime, TJ, really is. Once in a lifetime, enjoy yourself. Thank you for all you've done for Texas basketball, for Texas sports. And uh, you used the word ambassador, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, we appreciate you, buddy. You have a good one. Safe drive. Uh, yeah, I have,
4: yeah, have a good one.
2: All right, bud. Talk All to you All right, see. that's TJ Ford, uh, Longhorn Legend, uh, joining coffee and football. Uh, even Jerry even got in a little football talk there for you guys. Hey,
1: look, we were on the phone. I was on the phone with TJ yesterday. He was in the backyard throwing the football with his youngest son. Um, and whenever TJ and I know each other, I covered him in high school. We've been friends for years and years. And we all we he always starts the conversation with football before we get the basketball. He asked me about recruiting. He he used to call me all the time talking about the Arch Manning recruitment. What was going to happen with Arch? I mean, the KD TJ they follow this stuff now. You know, Quandre Diggs they follow this recruiting stuff now. It, it, but it's fun. TJ's great conversation. Um, we like I said, he talks about football as much as he does basketball. It's a lot of fun hi
0: right, Bobby before we move on and get to these questions and we got plenty of them to get to I'm gonna let you tell everybody today about homefield apparel yeah absolutely
2: homefield is uh, you've heard us to talk about homefield apparel since the start of the season there are a lot of college uh, collegiate apparel brands out there uh, but we wanted to partner with homefield because their designs are among the best out there if not the very best. Some of the on Texas football favorites are the 80, 1883 vintage logo. Uh, enjoy that one. Uh, also, the home of Longhorns ringer tee and the te- Texas baseball script tee. That might be for you and your son, Blake. Uh, be sure to go to homefieldapparel.com, filter by Texas, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners, this is exclusive only to on Texas football. Get an exclusive deal using on using the code on Texas twenty three. On Texas twenty three. Gets you 15% off your first order. We know you're all going to wear UT gear. I, I was at the co-op this week and y'all, it was just crazy. Uh, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think you should check out Home Field Apparel. Their designs are super unique and a lot of thought goes into each and every concept. There's really nothing else in the market quite, quite like what Home Field is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com. And again, use code Texas 23 for 15% off your first order that's homefield.com homefieldapparel.com
0: right guys well we're going to get to some of those questions here and uh let's just start with the super chats because we got quite a few of them i'm going to start with the oldest one and then we'll we'll get to the newest sooner or later so this first one from lee barden thank you lee he says now with texas AM and florida (laughs) seasons taking a turn for the worst do we have a stronger chance to flip some targets and Jerry, I know you touched on a couple of these earlier, but give them the rundown.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's still a longer playout, though. I mean, look, AM more so uh right now in danger. Uh obviously Weston Davis already flips the LSU. Draylon Miller decommits, probably gonna end up at LSU, it looks like. Uh Texas is all yeah, look, they're trying on Ty Anthony Smith. The key there is they gotta get these kids to campus, though. I mean, th- at the end of the day. Texas had an official visit scheduled for September 30th with Ty Anthony Smith. He didn't end up making that visit. And we we never publicized that because we knew it was iffy if he would actually make that visit uh, based on what I was hearing in, around Jasper. Uh, that would play out a little while, I think. But Texas plays the long game here. They're, the staff is not in a rush. That's the one thing I'll say. That, hey, it you have late November. You have early December. A lot of these kids are in the high school football playoffs. Texas is finishing up. It, look, there's a lot of opportunities to get these kids on campus, not for game days, but more when there's individual time, Bobby, for a practice after their seasons are over. But I think with Florida, their last three games are Missouri, at Missouri, at L, at LSU, and Florida State. If they drop all three of those and they go five and seven after six and six, then direction of the program starts. If they have coaching changes and that, within that staff, there's so many things that can happen that aren't happening now that will really make the flip more easier for over time for Texas. Right now, it's about maintaining those relationships, staying strong. Those kids know, hey, we want you, we need you, and we're here. And just just maintain that communication. Some people have asked about TJ Lindsay at Auburn. Texas Sark and Bo Davis talked to TJ Lindsay, uh, so we'll see what happens, Bobby. They're, they're, they're not going to go empty handed. They'll flip a kid or two. Yeah, I just I, the, the the Florida thing is
2: odd because it's such Texas and Florida make strange bedfellows right. competing in recruitments. Um, I understand Phil saying, but uh, anywhere outside the state of Texas, it's kind of weird. Um, uh, the other thing I would I would say to this is, look, I, if you're an A&M guy right now. Are you gonna sign early signing period when you think Jimbo might be six and six?
1: Or some or if they keep him, what's gonna happen with the staff?
2: Right. I mean, yeah, you know, deep that the likelihood they keep DJ Durkin, who's the defensive coordinator at AM. I God, if they don't fire Jimbo, I can't imagine they're keeping DJ Durkin.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and furthermore, what does that say that Jimbo's like lighting up his uh staff and replacing them every Year, I mean, on offense last year, defense this year. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what all comes to pass, but I think I think that you'll see some guys that were going to be in early signing period for teams like A and M and even maybe Florida wait until the the uh, February signing period. So we'll see see what happens there.
1: And, and and with Florida, look, even though Billy's in year two, and and he and I, I look, I met him at schools over the years. I love him. Really good dude. He, he may be forced to make some changes. If, if it's six and six and five and seven, if he makes some changes, that how does that affect Wardell Mack and Xavier Phil, same? So I think Texas being patient, just remember how the coaching carousel played out with Oregon, with Kelvin Banks and Cam Williams, how late those were in the process here. Um, I, I think the coaching carousel could get crazy this year. A lot of people just look at it as the head coaching positions, but... It could be impactful. Uh, some teams, Texas recruiting against, as far as the assistants go.
0: All
1: right, this next super chat, some Charlie
0: nine ninety. Thank you, Charlie. He says, "Thanks for the reporting and hundreds of hours of Longhorn content." Hook on. We love it, Charlie. This is I, I was uh, down in Austin
2: this weekend, uh, and a uh, number of people came up to me, said hello. It was just awesome seeing everybody meeting. I mean, I met somebody from Panama. I, I met guys from Connecticut came down you know Utah I mean it was all over the place uh, and they all make at least a once a year pilgrimage it uh, uh it, yeah here we go bar boy this is a uh, the kind of stuff we do uh, and it makes it all worth it because I'm not here uh, just because uh, just because to, to talk about the news I I enjoy the camaraderie that we build uh, among Longhorn fans and and people that enjoy the same thing I do which is uh, Texas sports and, and football as well as recruiting. Blake, you're, you're muted,
0: buddy. Sorry about that. We're going to move on to the next Super Chat here, and it kind of goes back to the first one, Jerry, in a way. Rudy Sardin says, are there any silent
1: flips? I, I would not say there's any silent flips at this point. Um, I, what I would say is Texas is getting some positive feedback so they know it's legitimate interest. Now, again, I'm really big on these guys have to get back to campus or to campus. Um, I think – Texas getting Xavier Phil Same on campus is going to be obviously huge. And you don't want him on campus by himself. If he's going to come down to campus, you want him to be with his father who lives in McKinney. That hey, that Gary, that, that was there's that was a really these visits need to happen.
2: That was a really good question, too, because it got into the idea of hey, how serious are some of these? Yeah. That's good stuff, Rudy.
3: This
0: next question or super chat is from Bryson Bass. Thank you, Bryson. He says, Texas drops the game and OU and Kansas both win out. Who's in the title game against Oklahoma State? I think OU still
2: is the way I read it right now because OU's, um, OU's loss at that point would would be to Kansas, Texas to OU. But OU has a – well – Guys, don't even I, – I, I'm not – I tried to figure that out this morning. I know Texas would – I know OU would go if it was Texas and Kansas State and OU, that OU would go. But I don't know about Texas, OU, and Kansas. I, I don't know.
0: It's kind of like that Texas Tech, OU, Texas situation back in 2008. Yeah. Uh, no this, this next Super Chat, guys, is from Drewski Lee. And he says y'all were not as critical about Quinn making all the turnovers and losses as y'all were Malik and wins. Just because Arch is a Manning doesn't mean that he is good. I'll, I'll address.
1: Gary. I'll address this. I mean, I don't think people were around last year, but these chats were crazy. There was more people calling for Hudson Card, than there were Quinn Ewers last year. Okay, I mean, these this stuff was crazy. And yeah, no, absolutely critical um, uh, or not critical, just. Honest and truthful about w- w- what you thought. Um, you know, I think there's some differences this year with Texas, and it's why, partially, why Quinn was a, is a much improved player. Of course, being year two as a quarterback, but last year you had Xavier Worthy, who you know Sark says has a, had a broken hand um, a, a last half of the season. This year you have Ad Mitchell. You have a much better receiver core. Those guys are a year older, and that helped Quinn's m- improvement as well. But uh, no, people, this it was crazy last year. I mean, look. Quinn didn't have a good day against Oklahoma State. Um, there were a lot of people on inside Texas or whatnot calling for a Hudson card to replace Quinn Ewers last year while Texas was uh, starting to get it going a little bit. So, yeah.
2: Um, it's not the same either. Quinn was never this loose with the ball. Right. Um, not, not, right. I'm not trying to be rude, but Quinn finished with only six interceptions last year. And what, he played eight games, Jerry? Uh, Malik's at, what, three right now in the first two? 3 or 4 I can't even remember. Um and he's been looser with the ball too. Yeah. So you y'all, y'all act like y- he could have easily left that game on Saturday with four interceptions. Don't 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 kid yourself. Um I, and I'm I'm the first person to say that his drive to end the game, his last real drive in regulation was tremendous even though he short hopped Xavier worthy by 10 yards on a deep out. The passes to to um, Adonai Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell, were terrific. The fourth down conversion to J.T. Sanders sir, sh- showed some real, you know, what's. So I'm I'm here to jump on the the positives, but he's not as good as what Quinn was a year ago. Not close.
1: No, I agree. So don't with
2: that. that the idea that that that's
0: similar. It's not true. So that that's my opinion, Drew. Uh, Bobby, you talked about interceptions and I wanted to bring up this comment from Todd Lacey, seven turnovers in the last three weeks for this team. I know.
2: And and so the quarterback position, it's almost understandable a little bit because they, they handle the ball. That's where the fumble with Jonathan Brooks really kind of, that was the one that made me kind of gasp a little bit more and hit me in the, the stomach as opposed to the Malik Murphy interceptions. You almost expect a young quarterback to have those turnovers, uh, but You know, you can't turn the ball over like this if they do it again. And I'm going to talk to Brian Irwin today about this uh, on the lunch with the coach. I just don't think I don't think Texas can win with three turnovers or two turnovers in a game the next three games because somebody's not going to turn it over. And these aren't like these aren't cakewalk games. I mean, TCU is a decent team. Iowa State's a decent team. Uh, Texas Tech is a decent team. All three of those teams are capable if you have a bad day at the office. And a bad day at the office starts with turning over the football.
0: All right, we got another super chat, guys, from Bryson Bass. He's following up on his first one. He said, "Sorry for those 2008 flashbacks I gave you with the Big 12 championship scenario." It's all right, Bryson, that that was bad. I want to say this: that that I, Texas still got screwed out of that.
2: I mean, how do you beat somebody head to head and not play in the championship game with both teams have one loss?
0: Yeah,
2: I mean I, that's just bunk. I mean, that was bad. Another reason to
0: leave the Big 12 for me. I know it's I'm, – I'm still bitter and it's been 15 years. <laughs> well, let's take a step away from that and a step away from quarterback conversation. And uh, Helio Casillo says, with both Bama and K-State trying to play man against Texas and it not working, do you guys feel that Texas will see more zone defense going forward?
1: I think that was the surprise for me, is that Kansas State started and bumped man. They even tried. Yeah, they even tried, Jerry. I mean, I, I was very surprised by it, and that, and you knew Sart got so excited about that because he's like, "Oh yeah, we haven't seen this really, truly since Bama." I like this, um, and I kind of get, I kind of get Kansas State what they why they did it because they're like, "We have to load the box. They have a second-year starting quarterback. You know what? We're going to take the risk that." You know, if the guy if the guy makes a couple of throws against man against us, we're, we'll adjust. But Sark really dialed it up in this script at that point in time. He knew he was going to win those one-on-one matchups at that point in time. And Texas hasn't seen a lot of that since Bama, because when you do that against Bama, that scares the mm out of the guys that are playing against you after that. Um, so I, I thought that was a... It's very surprising. Obviously, then Kansas State started to adjust after uh, they got hit a couple times early by Sark and Malik. I want to say this. Steve Sarkeesian, he was not perfect in this game.
2: Steve he wasn't. I mean, could have run the ball more, et cetera. Texas won the game on the headsets. You can say what you want, but Texas going up, by by K-State going man early, that gave Texas the opportunity to go up 17 to nothing. Okay the decision by Chris Kleiman to go forward on fourth down in overtime. That, that wasn't a good decision in retrospect. I mean, he he was the one that had the starting quarterback still on the field and healthy while Texas went three and out. Um, So you can say what you want, but I, I felt like um, Sark out coached a guy. I mean, and Rod Babers likes to point it out. That's three wins in a row for Sark over Chris Kleiman. Yeah. So uh, Sark, there's something there a little bit that that Sark gets in his
0: gets in his kitchen, maybe, I think. Here's an interesting question from King Me. He says, which or three-star has been developed the most, Jones, Sweat, or Murphy?
1: Well, I think – so here's the thing. Byron Murphy was a borderline – if you look at the on-three industry ranking, he was like one of the last couple of four-star guys. So a couple of people had him four-star, a couple of people had him three-star. Devondre Sweat so was a three-star prospect who was 265 pounds a senior year in high school. So he's gained, I mean, half a human. He's gained hundred pounds at this point. Um, So I would say it's Sweat because also kind of, that's why I asked the question uh, of Tuck earlier. Sweat was on a different developmental path than a Byron Murphy, right? Byron Murphy's a third year junior here. Uh, Byron Sweat's been on a longer path. He came into Texas behind Coburn. They had some experienced guys there. So his path has had to be a little more patient. Um but I, I think what you've seen from last year to this year with Sweat guys, that's as much improvement as I can remember with a defensive lineman in one year at Texas. I mean, maybe I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Ethan Burke's about to say okay, I I I see you and here's here's me, but that was a he was a good player with other good players around him last year, but he's become a dominant player player this year. Bobby, he's dominated that position at times like we haven't seen since Casey and Sean were at Texas.
2: Yeah, no, they 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 have a duo right now. Like a true duo. I still I think the biggest I mean look, Tavandre Sweat was a freaky athlete though, Jerry. He played yep. center in basketball. Yeah. Um I, I think of that group that he just asked. I actually think it's Christian Jones. I mean, Christian Jones, you know, he didn't look like he was going to be a player for The first couple of years on campus, then he started gaining a little weight, getting a little bit better, a little bit better each year. He's gotten incrementally better. Yeah. You know, and so I I absolutely I I, of that group, I would say who's been developed the most. I might go with Christian Jones just because his body's completely changed. His demeanor on the football field, I think, has changed. He's went from being kind of a soft tackle to be more more of a run blocking tackle. I, I like, and I think he's going to play in the, the league too, yep. uh, Just like those other guys, and and I wouldn't have said that about him four years ago. I would have said it's a possibility. I always thought Murphy and and Sweat had that going in.
0: I didn't necessarily think that about Christian Jones. I got kind of piggybacking off that question. Grant says Texas D line is SEC ready. How many of them go to the NFL after this season, though?
1: Probably I
2: think, three. I think Steve Sarkeesian wants to know that question too. <laughs> You know, he he would like – I mean, Sweat's gone. He'd like Murphy to stay, clearly, as would every Longhorn fan. But, you know, if he's a second, third-round draft pick, what's it look like? The switch is going to change from year one to – from this year to next year. That's his issue, issue. Yeah. Alfred Collins could probably use another year of seasoning. Vernon Broughton will be back. Trill Carter is expected back. Sadir Mitchell back. Aaron
1: Bryant. Jeray Bledsoe you would think, starts getting more time once his Raise up to 290 pounds, guys. He's going to be a monster next year. Remember, he's going to be a monster next year,
2: I think. And another 10 pounds, 15 pounds on him, and he keeps that athleticism and can anchor against the run. He's a different, different player. So I don't know if they're exactly ready. I would still think if they lose all three of those guys, Collins, Sweat, and Murphy, they're a year away from really having another elite defensive line. But with Bledsoe and uh, Sadir Mitchell in the pipeline, I think they've got guys that are going to be there.
1: Uh, DeAndre Robinson, uh, Alex January, early enrollees. We've seen what happens with early enrollees. So Bo gets to work with those guys earlier. Both those guys come in at 300 pounds. And uh, DeAndre Robinson would come in at 303 pounds of uh, Florida high school football. I mean, so he's going to blow up. Well, remember I told you that his, his frame is going to blow up. Alex, January being at a really good Duncanville program, different different between Texas and Florida high school football, the whole setup. It's not on the coaches in the high school football in Florida. It's just the setup. Uh, that's why there's so many raw talents that come out of Florida. If Cedric Baxter was raw physically coming out of Florida, it wasn't Edgewater's, that staff, that coach Duke does a great job there. It's just a setup of Florida high school football. Uh, so DeAndre Robbins is going to blow up physically once he gets to Texas.
0: Hi, Bobby. Before we do, a few more questions. I'm going to let you tell everybody out there about Longhorn Wealth Management Group.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This uh, Coffee and Football on Monday mornings brought to you by John Donovan of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. On Saturday, when Texas plays TCU, it'll be Veterans Day. So Longhorn Wealth wants to encourage everyone to give thanks to all of the men and women who have served and sacrificed to protect all of our lives and liberties. Longhorn Wealth desires to serve all Longhorns and their loved ones. By providing them the best in life, disability, and long-term care insurance solutions to ensure a protected and successful financial future for all of you and your families. So for a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can serve you and your loved ones, please give John and his team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit them at longhornwealth.net. That's right. A free 90-minute consultation uh, is yours. All you have to do is give John a shout, 972-707-4900.
0: And we want to thank them for sponsoring today's show. And this next question is from UT Tyler Boy. He said, what's the TCU position group we need to be most concerned with?
1: Uh, I, I think it's a great the question. It's wide receiver for me, okay, because – we said this after U of H, the only team that Texas had left that had receivers that could really press Texas, Kansas State didn't. Brooks was okay, but he's still undersized. TCU has a number of wide receivers like Houston. So you, you, you're not just concerned with one guy. They have two, three, four guys who are talented enough uh, that they can do damage against you and in different ways. So they're similar to Houston. Uh, they may not have a Matthew Golden necessarily, but Savion Williams is a bigger receiver that can really run. Uh, but they may not have a guy that's as good as Matthew Golden necessarily. But they have a bunch of really good players. Now, here's the here's where I say uh, something to watch with TCU. I watched them against Tech. They still have, they have the same offensive tackles that they had last year, but Texas Tech got after those guys. And after watching Texas defensive line play, I think I think TCU's in trouble going against Texas defensive line this week. Um, I, I The biggest question for me, Bobby, is are they going to go with Josh Hoover or Chandler Morris if he's back? I mean, I'm very interested to see what uh, Sonny Dykes does. They've lost four or five games. I think Hoover's a good scheme fit with scheme fit with some upside. But do, uh, what are they going to do at quarterback? And the other thing with TCU, Dominic Williams over the ball is really good on their D-line. Their they're outside guys are similar to Kansas State. They're going to struggle getting pressure. I think Texas is going to be very successful running the football um, if they're uh, if they stick with it, I know they're going to face the uh, three high look, but I think they can win on both lines of scrimmage in this game. I, I want to say this: I
2: echo your comment about wide receivers, uh, and then I want to say this: if Sonny Dykes has to choose a quarterback, the odds are he's going to choose the wrong one.
1: <laughs> yeah, good
0: That's point. Good point. Right, we'll do just a couple more questions, then we got to get out of here. But uh, buddy, pal, chief, big guy. When was the last time an offensive tackle got hurt and Texas was okay? Probably deserves credit having Williams ready to go. God, you're not
2: kidding. You know, I I just I go back to times when Texas was putting a, a true freshman on the field and like Josh Cochran, right? Had to play as a true freshman at 270 pounds. Um, you know. This is part of what we've talked about, and we mentioned it in the post game. We mentioned it last night on the live stream as well. The depth at Texas is becoming different. Yeah. Okay? It's not perfect yet. They're still trying to stack classes and build through the portal and keep players and develop them. But, guys, it is fundamentally different. They won that game without their starting right tackle. They won a game without their starting quarterback. And this was against a ranked team. It wasn't like it was little sisters of the poor that came in to play Texas, and they beat BYU. It was against a ranked team, and they probably should have won by more. So I look the the the, the depth of the talent is not. Yes, Cam Williams is a. I think Cam Williams may end up being a ten year NFL pro. So he's not necessarily the uh, greatest example of that because Texas doesn't have ten year pro backups at every position, but. Uh, that's emblematic of what, where I think the program is heading. Hopefully if they can just keep adding guys that make a lot of sense.
0: I think this last question, guys, obviously the college football playoff rankings will come out tomorrow evening, but Jeremy wants to know what has to happen for Texas to make it to that playoff.
1: um, That's, that's actually an interesting question. Um, there's some big games coming up. I mean, look, Georgia's got Ole Miss at, at Tennessee the next two weeks, right? Um, I'm not saying Georgia's going to lose, but if Georgia lost the game, let's say they lost at Tennessee, and then Alabama beats them in the SEC title game, would Alabama, even though Texas beat Bama, would Bama jump Texas? Shouldn't. They shouldn't. But I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but they shouldn't. Um, but uh, you know, look, Washington—another close game. They still have a, a Oregon State. They—they—they they, they have some tough games coming up. Um, so you're going to need, or obviously Michigan. The crazy thing right now is what's going to happen with Michigan. I mean, obviously, if the Big Ten tries to step in on Michigan right now, Michigan's going to file some sort of counter suit, right? They're going to try to get through this season without having their season somewhat suspended. Uh, but Michigan and Ohio State, Michigan. Is now under all this heat and they play at Penn State this weekend and then they play Ohio State. So Michigan still has to win two more games. Um, you know, uh to get there in Ohio State. So somebody's taking a loss out of Michigan and Ohio State, but the whole Michigan situation has it up in the air for me. But Oregon is playing if you buy into the big tw- the Pac 12 being really good, Oregon's playing really good football right now. Bobby. I right. I think that if Look, the Big
2: Ten is going to cancel each other out, whether it's Ohio State and Michigan. And until Washington, Florida State, uh, or Georgia lose, they occupy one of those places. Correct. So for Texas to get in, uh, it's going to have to be something like Alabama beating Georgia yeah. for the SEC championship, or for Washington, Oregon, and whoever to kind of get into this messy, messy, Type situation in um, Penn State, you know that's an, a, another one that could actually help Texas. But my point on all of it, guys, is uh, I don't think I don't think the Big Twelve will necessarily have a uh, playoff uh, contender this year because the the Pac twelve is getting too much love, and that would be the one lost team, maybe whether it's Oregon or Washington right now because Oregon is poised to go ahead of Texas. If Texas indeed, um, if if Texas uh, uh, still goes undefeated, I I can argue why they shouldn't, given that their win over Alabama is pretty strong, that the
1: Longhorns win over Alabama is strong, but that's that's where it's looking right now. Here's the here's the thing I'll say. This will be my last comment on this. If if we're in if mode of this season, right? A lot get a lot of big games have been lost in November by really good teams. If Texas wins out they beat Oklahoma state in the big 12 championship game and Alabama wins the sec. I think Texas is going to get in the playoff because they will have beaten Alabama at Alabama. And if Alabama rolls through undefeated, the rest of the way, I think Texas will get in the playoff in that scenario.
2: I I want to say this too. The one way that I think the easiest path for Texas to get in there is if Florida state loses to somebody in the ACC, because the ACC does not have a replacement representative. Right. So if, if Washington loses a game, Oregon's going to replace them theoretically, right? That's how the voters are voting right now. Uh, you look at this this uh, list right here that I've got scrolling on the bottom right now. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State. Then you have Washington, Oregon, then Texas. Okay, Washington and Oregon cancel each other out. Texas needs somebody like Florida State to lose to, I don't know, who are they going to play in the, they need maybe maybe Florida. <laughs> Maybe uh, Miami, I think they still have to play, right? Are, have they already played Miami?
1: The, the question – yeah, the Miami Florida State like this weekend at Dope. Okay. Here, here's the question. If Oregon comes back and beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship game and avenges a loss, ah. but, but Alabama goes on and wins every game and beats Georgia and Texas wins every game, I think the committee – would have a hell of a hard time leaving Texas out at that point because Alabama won the SEC and their only loss was at home to Texas by double digits. I think the playoff committee would have a hell of a hard time leaving Texas out as the number four team in that scenario.
2: I agree with you. I just, I agree with you. The reason I think it's unlikely is because of all those ifs you just demand yeah. So, real yeah. quick, guys. I don't, I definitely think Texas, if they go undefeated and Tech and Alabama goes undefeated the rest of the way, Texas should go to the playoffs over the, over Alabama, period. And that mm-hmm. goes back to the whole friggin' 45 35 2008 game with OU. Yep. yep. I just tie that back into what we talked about earlier. <laughs> All
0: right. So, Florida State's remaining schedule Miami, North Alabama, and Florida are their last three games. Also, real quick on NCAA, and, and the ACC
2: championship game. Yeah.
0: Uh, On NCAA.com, they're projecting this week's playoff rankings. They got Georgia 1, Ohio State slipping down to 2, Michigan 3, Washington moving up to 4, Florida State moving down to 5, Oregon and Texas staying pat at 6 and 7, and Alabama at 8 is what they're projecting for this week. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Bob, before we get out of here, let everybody know what they can expect on On Texas Football today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We got, uh, not only do we have uh, this Coffee and Football today, but we have uh, L- Brian Irwin lunch with the coach coming up around noon today. I'm going to sit down with Brian and do that in a few minutes here. Uh, and then also Jerry and Rod get together uh, in their episode of Talk and Ball. Uh, and also remember, please consider uh, a subscription to InsideTexas.com. That's where Jerry, myself, uh, and a host of others are all on there each and every day talking on the message boards, etc. Uh, Go to InsideTexas.com. Uh, use the promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. Uh, $1 for two months. And remember, select your monthly offer. This is only for new subscribers. Uh, introductory rate for guys. Uh, but hey, look, eight and one. I mean, I don't know how else you want to start your week. Yeah. You know, uh, in my, in my opinion, uh, Longhorns have, have set themselves up for to have a great season. And I I can't go back to it. The, the thing that I, I come back to is it hasn't been a single way. Steve Sarkeesian talked about a variety of ways or the versatility this team has had to win. Um, and you know what? To win these ways, it takes a full team, uh, whether that's special teams with Burt Auburn and Ryan Sanborn. Uh, the offense uh, sucking it up after losing their quarterback. Uh, the defense making goal line stops. It's been a it's been a total team effort, and uh, I'll tell you what,
1: Saturday was euphoric. Times so Ashton Holloman, thank you for always making uh, me laugh in the comments.
0: <laughs> uh, the chat was something else today, guys. So thank you all Ooh, for tuning just, in. Just in wait for- until the spring,
1: <laughs> fellas. Just wait until the spring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you all for participating. We definitely appreciate it. Thanks for all the super chats. Also want to thank Longhorn Wealth Management Group, Manscaped, and Home Build Apparel for sponsoring today's show. And we will be back same time, same place tomorrow morning as Jerry pulls out his Manscaped lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. And so for Jerry Hamilton and his lawnmower and Bobby
4: Burton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning.
1: Hook up.